0: Thank you, Donna. Thank you for the warm welcome this morning and greetings from Eagle Hawk, um, as I often call it, um, East Bunbury, uh, for those who know where I've come from. Um, it's it's wonderful, wonderful to be together today and we continue our series, as uh, Donna has said, uh, seven words to the church. And today's uh, church that we're looking at is Sardis. Um, and as we've seen in all the letters uh, Sardis or, or the letter to Sardis is deeply rooted in Revelation 1 Where Jesus, the resurrected Jesus um, Is speaking to the church uh, And uh, Revelation 1 talks about his second coming And so it's a wonderful uh, opportunity to open God's word today If you've got your Bibles you might like to turn to Revelation chapter 3 um, In this, um, We've been following uh, a template uh, that is up on the screen uh, that you 'll see there uh, in, in uh, our letters and uh, we 'll find that today there is no praise for the church at Sarlas there's no praise at all. In fact, uh, essentially what Jesus says is you 're fake um, uh, and that he's calling the church to a life of authenticity and so this morning, I believe uh, that this this letter Uh, Even though it was written 2,000 years ago uh, to a church, it's just as relevant for us today. I'm I'm asking this morning that you open your minds and your hearts to what Jesus was saying then and Jesus is saying to us uh, today. Uh, Not only as a church, but as uh, individuals here today. Uh, it's uh, incredible how God's word can just work in and through our lives. I want to start by just looking at the city of Sardis. Uh, ancient Sardis was, uh, it's about 90 kilometres from the coastline of Turkey and, uh, sorry, the, coast, the, the coastline um, on um, uh, western Turkey. Uh, it was um, 60 kilometres south of Thyatira and 45 north of Philadelphia. There were five main roads that came through the city, and uh, it was uh, known as a power, ha- an economic powerhouse, um, perched up on a hill. It was also a military stronghold, uh, and uh, some uh, commentary say that the, that the town was kind of built. over over two areas, one up on the the hill of uh, Tullus, I think they call it, and then um, another part of the the town was down um, in the valley. It was um, a multifaceted centre. It was culturally rich. It was uh, militarily strong. um, It was religiously diverse. And uh, it was known as a wealthy and secure city and um, had heavy influence from the Persian and Greek and uh, Roman rule and it was uh, wealthy because of its work in crafting uh, exquisite gold and silver artefacts in fact some say that was the place that gold and silver coins were first made and in, in fact retail shops First emerged out of uh, in, in human history out of uh, Sardis, and uh, the modern Mall uh, could be given some credit to to what was going on there in Sardis. It was apparently the place where they first started dyeing wool, and um, it had a real cosmopolitan uh, feel to it. So it was a city not that much different to I suppose you could say Bendigo. we were up on a hill. Uh, there's military presence here. There's a, a strong roads you know, main roads coming in and out. Uh, there's strong economic activity that's going on here. Um, it, it's uh, the religious diversity. Uh, that that we read about there was was very strong in the in the city. Um, you'll see uh, off the screen there um, the remains of ancient, an ancient temple to Artemis. Artemis was uh, the goddess of hunt. She symbolised uh, uh, the instinct, or she, she symbolises the relationship between humanity and and the world around, or the or the natural world around. Worship of Artemis was characterised by rituals and ceremonies dedicated to fostering the harmonious relationship between humanity and the wild. And there's a photo of of that on the screen. Um, So it um, uh, it had a a diverse culture, diverse uh, not only in people but also uh, religions. And um, right there in the middle of that was the Church of Sardis. And we know that most of the churches that are in Revelation here were probably churches that were quite small, most likely met in homes, so it would have been up to about 30 people. So was this presence of, of the church uh, there in this, in this city of approximately about 100,000 people that um, Jesus himself is speaking to. Um, there's no evidence of persecution. Um, in the, to the, uh, against the church at Sardis um, There was uh, complacency however And compromise marked the church there One commentator called Sardis Spiritually lethargic um, they, um, they had fallen asleep They had fallen asleep I don't know if um, uh, there was something fake about them uh, in, in, in what it meant to be a follower of Jesus I don't know if you remember the days of, of um, real flowers in church um, In fact the church I grew up in uh, Had a roster for flowers And uh, every Sunday the, the, um, the I don't know what you call them vibe flowers, is that what you call them? Real flowers Were brought in and they were placed at the front On, on, the, uh, on the stage and they looked amazing And then they shifted at some point, to plastic flowers. And uh, no longer did you take them out during the week and throw them out. You took them out and you put them in the dishwasher and washed them. Um, But they looked uh, the same. They looked quite... In fact, I think even when when I was here, there was some um, uh, plants that you'll see around in the foyer that were actually plastic plants. They look real, um, but they're actually not. They're dead. They're plastic. And that... Is, is Sardis. That's the church at Sardis. They they had the appearance of being alive, but they were actually dead. That's what Jesus says to them. So let's read this uh, this morning. Um, uh, Revelation chapter three verse one says this: uh, "Write this letter to the angel of the church at Sardis. This is the message from the one who has the sevenfold Spirit of God and the seven stars." I just want to pause here for a moment. The reference here to the sevenfold spirit of God is speaking about the fullness of the Holy Spirit's completeness and perfection and, the, and reveals Christ's intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit. It's an incredible thought. It's an incredible reminder for us today. He goes on, he says, I know the things you do and that you have the reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Um, here is a stark reminder of of God knows uh, everything about us. He knows what we think. He knows what we say. He knows the very uh, hairs that are on our head. He knows when we stand and when we sit. Psalm one hundred and thirty nine says that I know the things you do. Nothing is hidden from uh, from God. Um, this declaration here, uh, the, the Lord is, uh, Jesus is saying, I know your works, but you have the reputation of being alive. You, have, you, you appear to be alive, but you are dead. It is just confronting. And I'd imagine that um, for, for the church at Sardis, it would have been a very confronting thing um, to read in this letter. Um Jesus is, is challenging in this moment the superficial nature of their faith, calling them to a, a spirituality that's alive. Um, you know, Sardis, Sardis, as I said, had this reputation of being a thumping, thriving, uh, cosmopolitan city um, that was alive, yet. Because of the worship that was going on there, you know, we know from history that it was spiritually dead. When I was living in WA, uh, we were there just before the global financial crisis. And uh, WA is, is known for a fair bit of wealth and uh, there's a strong mining culture over there. And it was not uncommon to see big houses, big cars, big boats, big holidays, um, Everything was was expensive, it seemed. Um, there was this uh, um, lifestyle of opulence that was going on um, at the at the time when we were there and yeah, as a pastor it wasn 't the case by the way for Jill and I. we had the the good old Commodore in the in the driveway and no boat okay um, but but uh, um, f- as a pastor, I knew it wasn 't it wasn't the case um, for people that there was a strong fly and fly culture we know in, in WA and um, uh, to the mines, and it was, it was, there was a relational, um, there was lots of relationship stuff that was going on in people's lives that was, was just the opposite to what you would imagine and what appeared on the surface. Um, and, and spiritually, often people were chasing just the money. Um, and so you had this facade, this lifestyle that looked great, but actually below the surface um, uh, was was dead. Sardis, I imagine, I don't want to be presumptuous here, but I imagine was very much the same. Um, and it, it, that culture uh, must have been influencing, we're presuming, the church. Let's, um, let's continue um, on in, in verse 2. Wake up. Wake up, strengthen what little remains, for even what is left is almost dead. I find that your actions do not meet the requirements of God. This, this word, wake up, it's a couple of times there in the passage, um, echoes a sense of urgency, challenging the church to recognise the reality of what they were facing. Wake up. Wake um, up. Uh, it, it it was a core to self maybe examination and repentance. Um you know that moment parents in 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 the morning, um when, when the kids love getting up for school um and, and you go into their room and you have to say, Wake up! Wake up, it's time to go to school, yay. Um <laughs> you know Jesus in this mind is saying, wake up this urgency um to 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 have a have a look at their their situation and do something about it let's go on in verse 3 go back to what you heard and believe the first hold to it firmly repent and turn to me again if you don't wake up i will come to you suddenly as in the unex, uh, as unexpected as a, as a thief um you know this. This verse here admonishes Jesus is saying, uh, "Look, remember, and and go back and obey the things that you have received, and hold firmly to them." This this intentional um, uh, reliance and this intentional decision in our lives, um, Jesus is calling to to hold on to those things that we we first um, uh, experienced when we came to to faith and the things that we learnt about God in that moment. The analogy of the thief coming unexpectedly signifies um, this this readiness that needs to sit there for us, this vigilance and this readiness. Um, I uh, mentioned that it was a a military powerhouse um, Sardis, yet History would say that it was conquered twice. You would think that a, a city that was built up on a hilltop, that had a fortress around it, that it would have, would have been um, something very difficult to conquer, and yet we know that it was taken twice. Uh, there is some thinking around uh, how that could have happened. Uh, there's, there's a story of, of uh, a, a donkey that um, had died on the outskirts of the wall, and the army or the um enemy that were, were trying to conquer Sardis observed that there was vultures that were coming down and feeding on the carcass and then they would go back and they would sit on the wall of the, the city and they realized that there was um there was a gap that they could could use because the vultures were sitting where, where no watchmen were positioned. And, uh, they, they observed this over a period of time and, um, the thought is, is that, that that's how they get in, they got in up and over the wall of the city. Whatever they did, um, to realise that they could conquer Sardis, they did. And it fell. Um, and this whole an, a, analogy here of, um, being watchful, being alert, being vigilant and ready, um, just like you would be if you uh, were, were expecting a thief um, to come in and steal something um, from your your property. Um, let's go on. The, yet there were some in the church in Sardis who have not soiled their clothes with evil. They will walk with me in white, for they are worthy. Some beautiful imagery there of of uh, the promise of of um, of those who are faithful, of those who stand true to what um, God uh, has placed in their hearts and are calling them to. Now let's read on. All who are victorious will be clothed in white, and I will never erase their names from from the book of life. I will announce before my Father and his angels that they are mine. That, that sense of um, uh, spending, for those who, who are faithful, spending it, An eternity with the one who created it all It's such beautiful, beautiful imagery And it finishes with um, Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the spirit And understand what he is saying to the churches Wow, what a letter I feel like I got the easy one, by the way Um, This has been a great series If if you want to go back and watch, watch the other sermons so what does this say to us today? What does this passage, what does this letter from Jesus say to us? Um, I believe that this letter from, from Jesus to the church at Sardis was a stark reminder of the importance of remaining spiritually alive. To not fall asleep at the wheel or rest on our laurels, but to live a life totally alive, In Christ, I can't help but think of the words of Paul when he says, um, "It's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me." Or in Second Corinthians, um, it says that we are a new creation, a new person. The old life has gone; the new life has begun. We've got an incredible gift. An incredible gift from God, in in um, His Son Jesus, and accepting um, Him as our personal Lord and Saviour is something that is um, to behold. Uh, to to not um, allow to just simmer away, but to just burn um, in us with excitement. Um, the question becomes: What what happened? to the church at Sardis, what was going on there? And why did they leave behind the things that they were so passionate about? Um, Why did they drift? Why did they become um, cold or dead or or asleep? Um, Didn't they understand what what it means to be alive in Christ? It may sound a little presumptuous, but I wonder if the culture of Sardis... It was so enticing that it influenced the culture of the church at Sardis. Things were pretty good in Sardis, in the town, in the city. People felt good about this this lifestyle they were living. Um, Maybe uh, some in the church had become really wealthy and there was this drift towards no longer feeling like they needed God. Or maybe it was the acceptance that there was so much... um, uh, other worship in the town there was there was other uh, deities that um, that people were worshiping that there was this acceptance that that spiritual fidelity was not important that we 're just another one on another kid on the block, so to speak um, in this in this culture of many religions and many things that were going on there. I imagine the people of Sardis the, the, the town. Um, a town fate. They, they probably saw the church as a, as a, a group of good people, uh, no, uh, neither dangerous or desirable. Or maybe they were church that were just simply going through the motions, like Duck Church. I don't know if you've heard of Duck Church, but once upon a time there was a town of ducks. On Sunday morning, all the ducks came waddling out of their houses and waddled into church where they squatted in their pews. After they sang their duck hymn, they said their duck prayers. And the duck minister got up um, and preached. Ducks, you were born to fly. God has given you wings to soar like eagles. Fly, ducks, fly. The rousing message was met with cries of Amen and preach it, brother. After that, after the service, the ducks lined up to thank the minister for his inspiring message and then they waddled home. I wonder if the church at Sardis was exactly like this. They were just going through the motions, not really realising who they were in Christ, um, but would just simply, uh, had simply become complacent and apathetic um, to that that position in Christ. Maybe they were just going through the motions. But the question is not about maybe what was going on with Sardis. My question this morning to us as a church is, what about BBC? What about Bendigo Baptist Church? If this is a letter that um, is is written uh, that has timeless questions and principles for us, what about us? Um, Are we dead or alive? Um, I would love to at this moment get you to spend a few minutes just turning to one another and and, and answering that question, but I won't do that. Maybe you could just answer that in your head. Are we dead or alive as a church? Um, Many uh, say large churches like Bendigo Baptist Church are a mile wide and an inch deep. Is that really us? Here? Many years ago, Bendigo Baptist Church asked the question uh, if we were to close shop, if we were to shut down church, as as we know it, would Bendigo, the town of Bendigo, miss us? And the answer is very clear absolutely they would. Absolutely they would. You know, I look at what's going on here today, Um, I look at what happened at Eagle Hawk this morning. I think about the activities that go on during the course of the week, um, th- from prayer meetings through to life groups and all the gatherings that happen. I think about uh, BBCCI or Mad Cow and what they have achieved and what they are doing in the, in the town. There's, there's a clear love for God's Word. The very fact that this morning we're opening God's Word and reading it is, is, um, is, is, a, there, is a, there is a sense where we love diving into God's Word. Our leaders... Our leaders are seeking God through prayer. I don't know if you're aware, but over the last couple of months, um, twice we've been out to Gunya Prayer Garden to seek God, to spend time alone with God as leaders, as pastors, to seek His presence and His direction in ministry. There's a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, and I I would say this morning that church, we're doing well. That we're a church that is not only gives the appearance of being alive, but we actually are alive. Um, and, um, the, the charge maybe to us today is, is not, um, to wake up but not fall asleep. To not rest, as I said, on our laurels. There's much to be done and we need to continue to do that. My prayer is that BBC is, is a mile wide and 10 miles deep. That we've got, um, such, that the church is growing. That's what I'm saying. Um, in that statement that we're growing exponentially in numbers, but we're also growing in our depth of spirituality. But it's easy to look at everyone else. My question to you this morning personally is, are you alive or are you dead? Do you feel fake? There's stuff going on in your lives, and you're just like the ducks at Duck Church, where you're just going through the motions. Um, have you let complacency creep complacency creep into your faith journey? As I said, um, you know, Sardis, the city, was captured a couple of times um, due to um, A lack of commitment by the watchman in the city. Have you this morning dropped your guard? How would you rate yourself this morning? Are you alive or are you dead? My prayer is is that um, leading into this service that those questions wouldn't be just there for the sake of um, being confronting, but would be there for you to really ask the tough questions about where you're at behind the, the facade of what you may be p- placing uh, up to the world around you. There's a couple of things that I want to just leave with you today as I conclude. Um, that um, I, I think are uh, points of application for us and implications for church um, for us today. And the first is this, they'll be up on the screen there. Um, From this passage, this is what I I feel God has just laid this on my heart. We must totally trust in Christ's authority over our lives and ministry. We must. Um, Jesus Christ, the author and perfecter of our faith, must be front and centre of everything we do and say in life and service. Um, Jesus caused the church at Sardis to repent and turn to him again to go back to what you, um, what they believed and heard at first. It feels like Jesus is saying to the church of Saddlers, don't mix the things of this world with the beauty of who I am. Turn back and get acquainted with me again and you will experience life to the full. I believe that Jesus would say the same to us today. You know, um, we 've got a couple of lovebirds in the house at home i 've got a marriage um, one of one of my kids is getting married in feb next year and love is in the air um, and uh, there 's this beauty around watching that uh, as parents watching that role uh, i take I, I, uh, I, I, I feel like I get challenged with with the level of um, Love that is in the air um, between these two lovebirds. Um, of course, I love Jill, <laughs> um, and I do everything I can to make sure that she knows that. Um, just so, sometimes, the life gets in the way, and it gets very busy, doesn't it? Um, but it's that sense of, uh, for those who are in relationships here, and um, you, you know, what, what I'm talking about that, that, that love that was there, and the. the the things that went on in the stomach and um, when, you were, when you were first dating and courting, it's, it's almost like Jesus is saying to us today, if things have dried up, if you've fallen asleep, if things are a bit dead, go back to that. Go back to your first love. The things that you, you, you learnt about who I am and what I have done and, and, and what that means for you um, is such a critical junction for us. Um, to, to, uh, pursue. Um, uh, church, we have the greatest gift in, in the, in the world. There's no, we've got the greatest message, greatest gift. Take hold of it. Let it shape everything you do and say. Secondly, um, we must pursue Christ-centred leadership in all our ministry areas. So for leaders here today, Um, And indeed, everybody's a leader, so so, um, this is just not for for, for, um, recognised leaders. Um, We must model and lead in a way that displays and exemplifies Christ in every area of our leadership. Um, I I think maybe um, for Sardis, the church at Sardis, maybe their leaders are just... Um, they didn't draw a line in the sand and they didn't model and they didn't pursue what it means to follow um, Christ in a way that just honoured him. Um, and, and therefore, as a church, they just they went to sleep. Um, one of the things that, you, if you know me well, I get concerned when I, whenever I see principles that are laid over church life that have got nothing to do with, with, with God and his word and what it says. Um, I've been vocal about that for a long time, and I think as a church we need um, to uh, do things right. I get that, according to what the regulations say, but we're a church. Um, We're not a business, we're a church. We're we're God's family. Um, We're a body of people who have been given a task and a mission that um, is is beyond um, uh, KPIs and a whole bunch of other things that... um, it needs to have a vitality that re- represents and models Christ in every way. To not let the things of this world, the voices of this world, Trina talked about that last, last week, we're not to let the voices of this world um, dictate w- who we should be and how we should be functioning as a church and particularly as leaders. Jesus, um, Jesus says in verse 2 to the church Sarah, strengthen what little remains. Leadership, um, people who have got that that responsibility, grab hold of what, um, in your leadership, grab hold of what represents and and exemplifies Christ and let everything else go. Grab onto that. Model that. Do that in every way. And lastly, um, uh, we must seek the fullness of the Holy Spirit in our lives. You know, when, when Jesus begins his ministry what does it say? Uh, he was led and he was full of the Holy Spirit and he, he went off into the desert um, to spend that time alone you know, there's, there's this, this passage here starts with this, recognizing, with this recognition of the fullness of the Holy Spirit um, and the relationship the Holy Spirit has with Jesus and it's no different for us as people today, we have to recognise that the Holy Spirit, when we say yes to Jesus Christ, and we follow Him as our personal Lord and Saviour, that the Spirit dwells in us. The Holy Spirit dwells in us, and that is a powerful thing that needs to drive um, and and give us clear um, direction uh, in our lives. It empowers us. It it, it, it keeps us alive. Um, uh, the declaration that Christ holds the seven spirits of God And the seven, stand remind, seven stars reminds us of the s- supreme authority Of his intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit um, As we trust in his authority And live, a, a, live in the fullness of the Spirit We have the confidence that God will continue to do something amazing through, In and through us as we follow him F- Friends, that is truly living The letter of Sardis, serves as a timeless message for the church today it challenges us to guard against spiritual apathy and to re centre our relationship with God it's a call to awaken from spiritual slumber and to embrace the transformative power of life in Christ as we embrace this reality we discover the true life and the vitality um, uh, and vitality are found not in outward success, but in the depth of our connection with the living God. We pray with me, Heavenly Father. As we we um, just pause for a moment, there's this um, recognition uh, that at times in our life, in our spiritual journey, we uh, for whatever reason, we, we drift and, and Lord, we, um, we go to sleep. Spiritual apathy, um, disconnectedness, uh, Lord, things that um, just take us away from fully living. And we ask this morning, Lord, that you would whisper in our, in our ears, that you would yell in our ears to... Um, to, to wake up, to, um, to fully come alive again in what it means to be a follower of you. Lord, we know with confidence today that you are God who promises uh, that you would reside in us. Your spirit is in us and we thank you for that. We thank you for the work of the spirit in our lives and we thank you for the way that... Um, uh, the Spirit counsels us and directs us, empowers us for ministry. Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are the perfect example of what it means to do life. And today, we we draw a line in the sand as a church and as individuals, and and want to again say, Lord God, you are number one. Lord Jesus, you you walked this earth and you did things and said things, and and Lord, we. We want to model that. We want to follow that. And, Lord, we just ask for your help today in that. Lord, do your work right now in our lives in this moment, we pray. In your name, amen.